Welcome everyone to the HW Radio Trade Deadline Show. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with my co-host, Flyers Jack. And tonight, we have a very, very special guest for you from MyNHLTradeRumors.com, Chris Wassel. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing great. Hey, look at it this way, folks. We're just, we're, we're right at Trade Deadline Eve. This is pretty awesome stuff. And for once... There's kind of a trade to go along with, you know, on, on trade deadlining. Not a big one, thankfully, which is good because it allows you to get time to go over everything else that is going on. Absolutely. And there's already shoes dropping all around the league. Um, hopefully the Flyers get involved with some of this soon. Um, it's basically Christmas Eve for guys like us, right? Yeah, this oh, yeah. is yeah, this is this is the closest thing to, to Christmas for. Yeah. I mean, maybe arguably the draft for for teams that are perpetually picking around number one, but you know, this is this is basically the full hype and pomp circumstance, and sometimes out and out chaos. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, I kind of want to see chaos here. What do you think, Jack? I'd say this. Yeah, I agree. This and July first for a free agent frenzy. Ah, uh, that's true. Typical, I mean, not in the Hextall era. I mean, I guess you could say last year with JVR, but you know, yeah. people had mixed feelings about that. But we'll see what they do this year. But yeah, this is pretty good. I used to take off of uh, take off of work just for this. You know, <laughs> I wanted yeah, to man. see everything right down to the wire. And like you were saying, some of the big fish have finally went. Um, Still one more big roadblock for us in uh, Mark Stone. I really think he's really holding any Simmons, um, you know, any Simmons trades back. I think they're uh, he's a plan B. Uh, some of the other guys are right on his uh, level, like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Like Kevin Hayes and maybe Eric Stahl and Ferland. But mm-hmm. really, until Mark Stone goes, I don't know if these guys are going to go. Uh, I think they'll go, but just not anytime soon. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with Mark Stone. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's build this up a little slowly here. So we'll get right into the Flyers, guys, uh, guys who could be available. Um, what what kind of rumors have you been hearing, Chris, on, on some of the players on the roster? It, it, it's fun to look at this because, at least from what I've heard, for like Michael Raffle, obviously as as I I, I love I love blessed and Frank Saravalli's chops. All, 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 all live long day. I mean, ever since, ever since the one time where he made Ray Emery a star for making a 15 save shutout performance. Uh, I, yeah, I know. I, and he just he just sits there and goes, "Oh, it's that guy again." Really? It just makes my life. Miserable. And it's like, no, Frank, it's not like that. I'm just asking you what you think of some of these guys on your trade list. That's it. Nothing more. I'm not going to – I'm gonna. I let the Ray everything go. Trust me, okay? It's like we, we moved on to Keith Jones not naming Brodeur a star in his 500 win. Trust me. We, we've moved on. It's okay. Uh, I, forgot, I went to but, ask you real quick, uh, Chris, a Devils fan? I am a born and raised Devils fan. I, okay. I've lived in New Jersey all my life. Yeah, I just I love I love rumors, prospects, uh, fantasy hockey, you name it. We pretty much you know, have it covered. First, uh, first and last time we're going to have a, a Devils fan uh, on his on the show. So enjoy. Yeah, I know. I get it all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Look, I'm kidding. Hey, Even though you guys ruined my childhood. Penguins, all right, it could be worse. Yeah, oh, it's a Penguins. Oh, just everybody uh, hates. I'm more I'm more hated in Pittsburgh than I am in Philadelphia. I don't know it used why. To not always be the case. Wow. There's, there's this. This is the fun part. This will be the fun part in the trade deadline show. There is a little Twitter account that I have called the Injury Ninja. 
<laughs> people may not know know a lot about it, but often it, once it gets on a show, it gets around pretty quickly, and they go, "Oh, it's that son of a goddamn! <laughs> oh, it's that guy again." So you're well liked, is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, I'm oh, I'm just I'm just loved with like PJ. Oh yeah, just people just love me. Okay, <laughs> especially in Pittsburgh. Oh, the the, the couple years there when Crosby had concussion after. Oh, just between uh, that, that my ears. Between that and the meat, the the mumps, uh, the mumps one was the best. I got the picture. I got the picture from Angie Carducci, who's covered covers the Pittsburgh beat, and I'm like, that freaking looks like mumps. Oh, you call, like, you that called picture it. is clearly mumps. I've seen it before. I was like, and known enough doctors to see that that's mumps. And she's like, oh god. And I was in the. I'm like, yeah, you better. Get, do you have your shot? Yeah. Okay. Good. That's that's um, contagious. Yeah. But that's the look, the kind of thing that's been going on, say, with a, a lot of the flyer names is contingent on what happens with Mark Stone. It, it really is that that there is always one plug into a trade deadline. It's just that this has been particularly more significant because of the moving parts involved with the first two Ottawa trades that that happened over the over the weekend. So. You know, a guy like Raffle, get, hopefully he can get you a somewhere in the neighborhood of a mid-round pick or prospect. That, that's that's kind of that's kind of where Philly's looking at right now. Um, is it nice that his contract is set up the way it is? Sure, it always helps. Especially look look did I did I ever expect, for example, Ben Lovejoy to get Connor Carrick in the third round pick? Oh my yeah. god, I couldn't believe There's that either. No way. Um, so you could see that kind of overpay for, say, maybe even a raffle. Even an Elliot, as crazy as it sounds, just because what came out today has to be huge for, for, for Philly in the sense as far as Elliot. Ryan Miller's not getting traded. I don't think he ever was, to be honest. It, it's kind of amusing that there was this sort of trade on the table that was sitting there and people ran with it. And... Once anybody even did three seconds of research on it, realized, oh, all they did was just ask Ryan Miller, hey, you want to go somewhere mm. else? And he was basically like, no. And that was it. Mm. Somehow, somehow somehow, that rumor turned into, well, he's being traded to San Jose for a third-round pick. <laughs> oh, my God. It I heard did. he didn't want to leave the West Coast, but I didn't even realize he was never leaving the, the Ducks. Know. Yeah, he, he's happy where he's at. He may even he may even sign another one year deal next year. I mean, he he can't complain. I mean, he's actually played rather well when he's healthy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. That that's the thing with the with a lot of the goaltenders that were on the block, and then obviously when you had the first Columbus trade, you realized well, Bobrovsky's definitely staying in Columbus, so that's one big fish right out that's done. Um. If you believe everything that's coming out of New Jersey, Keith Kincaid's not being traded because you couldn't get a goddamn bag of pucks for him. Mm-hmm. You sound a little angry that's, about that. Look, he played his way out of New Jersey and yet somehow played his way back in uh-huh. by playing badly. It's the most bizarre thing you could ever say about any professional, but he has been, there's been nothing professional about how he's been with this. So. Get out of here, really? Like, What kind of stuff's been going on? I haven't heard anything about that. Just the bad play, the attitude with Schneider, little little things like that. 
just little things that rub a fan base wrong that you wouldn't think, oh, it doesn't seem that bad on the surface, but there's a certain, I guess there's a certain way some players should be acting when they're playing poorly mm-hmm. as opposed as opposed to when they're playing well. And some of these guys have some egos. You don't you don't throw your coaching unintentionally under the bus, um, kind of like you did. He made a post game quote. Oh, I had some really bad bounces. They asked Coach Hines, or actually, I kind of asked Coach Hines, was that a bad bounce? And he's like, no. <laughs> You don't have to read between the lines to go, oh, there's something kind of going on here. Yeah. Um, and that's 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 a considerable problem. But, you yeah, know, just look. That's cancerous for a locker room. That can really spread when a team's being playing poorly and the standing show it. I'm surprised. I didn't know he was like that. What kind of attitude did he have with uh, Schneider? Not too much of a – it's just kind of like, it, it, it's it's always been a little bit uneasy. You kind of feel bad for Schneider because when Schneider came in, remember Marty? Um, look, Martin Brodeur was not the nicest of people to Schneider when he first came in. I mean, there was all sorts of funny, goofy things. Like they basically, they basically, you know, the, to placate Brodeur a little bit, they had Schneider go on a trip to the to Bermuda. I mean, there, there's some crazy stuff that happened. Uh, in, in the in the first year, it's like this is this has been interesting to say the least. The the and get it gets a little bit rough, but it's it's more subtle things that have irked the fan base and have irked some of the media with Kincaid. He's not a bad person per se, and that's the one thing that you have to make clear with this. It's not like he's a bad person. He wants to win. It's just his skill set is basically average nhl backup yeah and he had one you know he had one glorious run where basically the devils had literally i I sat there on a show and said somebody asked me okay what did the devils at this time last year what the devils need to do to make the playoffs i was like over the final 20 games they must average exactly three goals a game to make the playoffs because their goaltending is average what happened they scored 62 goals in the final 20 games well there you go and they made the playoffs. <laughs> it was literally that simple. Because Kincaid's goals against average was around a 265, 275. And a save percentage around 915, which, you know, this year that 915 is really good in the NHL mm-hmm. because the league average save percentage is like 908. So, okay, fair enough. But this year, as his average has plummeted, plummeted, plummeted more. Like the devil. And goals are going in left, right, and sideways that shouldn't. I mean, I, I was at one of the Toronto games, not not the second one in, in, in Newark, but the first one. And I'm looking at one of my friends, and she's there with me you know, uh, on you know, Christmas break. And she's like, he's going to give up a goal soon, isn't he? I was like, yep, right about here. Boom, goal. I know that feeling so well. And it's a when Morgan Riley sh- scores a sixty-five foot p- point shot on you. Jeez. Okay, and it wasn't even a full slapper; it was like a half one-timer. And he even Riley even said after the game, amusing, is that I wasn't even trying; I was just trying to get it close to the net. Hmm. And I'm like, oh god, this is worse than I thought. And that was that was kind of the beginning of the end for me, as far as. 
Kincaid's effectiveness, unfortunately. And it's kind of, as the play's gotten worse, it's snowballed from there. And you didn't have you didn't have that even with, with some Flyers goalies, to, to be yeah. honest. I mean, Elliot hasn't been played awful. It's just got injured again. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the unfortunate um, story with Philadelphia goaltenders. They either play bad, get injured, or get traded, and not necessarily in that order. Right. But in Elliot's case in particular, it's like, well, all right, you know, he went he went down. He went down to the A like good, like a good sport, and you look at his numbers this year. It's like, well, gee, I mean, they're not terrible. I mean, as a matter of fact, they're actually pretty darn good considering. Well, Philly has a bottom third penalty kill, which usually has some blame on the goaltender. So, um, and it's true. Yeah, you look at you look like things like his penalty kill save percentage and you just like you close your eyes and go okay well we can ignore that somewhat because just yeah, even strength penalty. has really really been a strong suit for him mm-hmm. at, at least the, the last i would say probably five out of the last six seasons so you're you're willing to ignore you figure a guy has an average even strength save percentage of around 928 over the last five six years wow that's solid enough yeah, I mean, I I can ignore. Oh, oh, he has an eight twenty six save percentage on the penalty. That's going to happen when your team's like seventy four, seventy five percent for most of the first part of the season. I mean, that's pretty poor. So he goes on a team that's pretty good, say like a San Jose, eighty three, eighty four percent penalty kill. Those numbers go right up right away. At yeah. le- at least enough to where you, you can get some value for him. Um, he could probably admit, you know, here's another case where it's like, hmm, mid-round pick, maybe, maybe you can get kind of a middle-level prospect out of, squeeze him out of San Jose. Look, San Jose's cupboard is not necessarily the most full, and that's where, that's where you would look to try and maximize value if you're Philadelphia. Maybe, maybe Montreal. I mean, Montreal is looking. That that's definitely a, that's definitely a, f- a fact because um, a couple of the Montreal scribes, even uh, Eric Engels, kind of hinted that New Jersey actually was even even look, trying to shop Kincaid to Montreal uh, as of a day or two ago. So could Philly go and knock on the door and say, "Hey, you know, not not." And, Try to get something out of there. It's very possible. There's there's a few teams that have interest in Elliott. There's no there's no question. Uh, do I wish St. Louis was one of them? Maybe a little, just because I'm a little nostalgic of Brian Elliott's March March Magic uh, that that we used to just affectionately call it in fantasy hockey circles, where it it, it turned the calendar turns March first and magically. Brian Elliott is a 1.75 goals against 940 save percentage goaltender mm-hmm. for like the last six weeks of the regular season. Just weird clockwork. He did it like two or three years in a row, and nobody could believe it. So, yeah, you know, that that those those two guys in particular are, are the type that can move at any time tomorrow. It, it, it could be 9:30 in the morning, or the the trade that gets processed at at three something in the afternoon even though it was approved at 257 and this is elliot and michael raffle or elliot and and kincaid well 
Elliot, Elliot in particular, I don't okay. know. I don't think Kincaid's going to get moved. Okay. It, the The problem is unless something really dramatic dramatic or drastic happens tomorrow with 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 the trade market for goalies which has been lean as it is and the fact that john hines confirmed the goalie again today as starting tomorrow against montreal Uh it would look pretty weird if they suddenly just pulled him and said yep you're trading it It just doesn't quite add up so elliot probably has a clear market to go to at least to two, if not three, locales tomorrow. So let me ask you this, and I, I, mm-hmm. I know we didn't, uh, I, I didn't send you this beforehand, but have you heard anything right. on Michael Neuverth? Not too much, honestly. It's yeah. been very quiet. I, I expected it to be just based on, you know, health and injury history. Yeah. The the most nobody really has even kicked the tires on Neuwirth. it's that's kind of it's kind of the yeah it's one of those things where you sit there and you go okay it's like uh, oh and he's been hurt for the and then his groin went again and then it went again and then it, it's it's unfortunate too because it kind of reminds me of like Semon Varumov had this the one year I remember years ago uh, Dan Cloutier had it where literally he his groin just would not heal. It, it just wouldn't, no matter what he did. Um, Dan Cloutier, man, nice name there. Yeah, that, that that was a classic. I mean, that, like the one year, literally, I think he was on the IR six times because of his groin. That's a damn shame. Yeah, yeah. We, we Michael Neuvirth is known to us as Mister Glass over here, so. I just figured I, I'd I, ask. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. it's a damn yeah. shame. I can't see anybody being involved for Neuvirth simply because. Uh, what you're saying about the injury history, and then if they say they yeah, do pull the trigger, how stupid they're going to look when he does get injured, like <laughs> most likely immediately. It's like it's not worth the embarrassment. Yeah. Nobody wants to. Get, yeah, nobody wants to. I mean, nobody wants egg on their face like that. Look, look what happened. What happened earlier today with Matt Zuccarello is just absolutely a freak incident and unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those. Yeah. I had a laugh, Ranger. Yeah, I've seen New York Ranger fans and even a couple media guys going, you know, can you believe this luck? And I'm thinking in my head, you were not getting a first-round pick in any realm of sense of the imagination for Matt Zuccarello. Because (laughs) Dallas has not traded one in 12 seasons (laughs) at the trade deadline. So that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, you got the conditions stipulated. But the chances of both actually happening is about less than one-tenth of one percent. I mean, you have to hit the lottery twice. Flyers' playoff now, chances are better than that. Yeah, yeah, now, I mean, they have to make the playoffs, too. I mean, now that's kind of a problem because, I mean, it's not just Zuccarello got injured. Jamie Benn also got hurt today. He's relatively okay, as they're putting it, huh. and that he'll be probable for Tuesday. But to be honest, he's not going to be 100% for probably at least one to two weeks because it's an AC joint bruise that he suffered yesterday in Carolina and tried to play through it today. And he had to leave the game early today? Yep, first shift. Wow. That's a damn shame, man. is a nice player. Yeah. Yeah, Zuccarello, well, Zuccarello lasted a little longer than Ben, at least. Oh, yeah. It's funny because Zuccarello had a goal and assist and was, do, was literally re- just k- 
killing Chicago. Well, basically, they had him up against the cane line, so the cane line was just, yeah, just gouging holes in them every every shift. So it was unfortunate, no no question. I mean, uh, could could the arm heal a little faster if he gets surgery? It's always possible, but it's it's at least a four week injury, and that's pretty much most of the regular season. Let me ask you this, because there, I, I did see some rumors circulating uh, for Wayne Simmons, and, and Dallas happened to come up. Is there a chance yep. that they'd be back in the market for a player like Simmons? I talked to Sean Sapiro just about an maybe an hour and a half ago, and angrily he's sitting, he, he's sitting there joking. It's like, well, while I wait for my dinner, yeah, I'll take a few questions from you. Sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's that's the kind of thing with the trade deadline. I mean, literally, I was shoving last night. I'm shoving food in my mouth, you know, making dinner as I'm trying to tighten. That. This, these are two things that never go well for a writer. Mm. Shoving, shoving, shoving a full dinner into your mouth while trying. No, it just doesn't doesn't <laughs> work. Uh, but <laughs> the one thing he said, and a couple of the other Dallas guys said, they really only have one option left as far as players to put on the long-term injury reserve, and that's Stephen Johns, and that's not going to quite free up enough money to acquire a Simmons at this point. They're, they're really tapped out. Yeah, as, that's a shame. As far as, and they can't put Zuccarello on the LTIR yet. Oh, and they geez. probably won't be able to, just because that's the way it kind of works with with, with, with trades. I mean, they, they really are up against it. There's no, there's no nice way to sugarcoat yeah, that's just bad luck there. Yeah, it's just, and, and it can happen. I mean, look, I, I've seen it many times. I've seen it with fantasy hockey trades even where, you know, player trade deadline, I, once upon a time, years ago, I traded Forsberg for Berner straight up. And I sat there and two days, not even two days later, Forsberg played in his first shift and ruptured his spleen. Jesus. Oh. It's, it's just, some, it's, it's something that happens. And, what I like to do sometimes is merge the fantasy and, and real part of the hockey world together because sometimes it does actually have sort of a relationship of sorts to it. And in this case, unfortunately, for a guy like Zuccarello, it did. And in a really bad bad way for Dallas that you sat there and just go, yeah, wow, this looked like this was really helping the stars. I mean – and, and then for that to happen, so it, it hurts doubly. It hurts the Flyers a little bit because that's one less that's one less team where Simmons could go to. But to be honest, there's more than a few teams I think that are considerably interested. Well, yeah, I was really excited when uh, Columbus started acquiring everybody from Ottawa. I'm like, this, it took two big pieces off the market in Panarin and Duchesne. So that was like great news at the time. But I haven't heard a lot on Simmons now. Like Tampa seems to be the name that keeps popping up. Like I don't know. I mean, are you hearing anything different? Any other teams besides Tampa? I'm just I'm starting to get a little nervous. I wouldn't get too nervous just yet. And, and again, this is a lot of the nerves that are being generated is because we're all still sitting here waiting for Mark Stone to get traded. Which oh, yeah, that was my next question. So yeah. We'll, we'll we'll just tie we'll just wrap them right into each other because one does kind of kind of go with the other a little bit. Now, here's here's the fun part, and this this is good news for Philly. 
Calgary and Winnipeg are not out of it yet. Because Calgary and Winnipeg are literally like drooling over Mark Stone. Right. That, that's just been that's God, that that rumor's been around for wow. You gotta figure four four weeks now at least. That Calgary and Winnipeg were battling for Mark Stone. For four weeks. And it's still hanging around. Which is kind of impressive as far as rumors go because they tend to come and they tend to go um san jose is also at least a little bit interested in, in, in simmons uh, you know san jose could always use a, an, an extra bruising body it's not it's not a secret they know they know who they have to face in, in the pacific it's not going to be fun uh, uh for them and obviously you know calgary being one of those teams that make, makes a heck of a lot of sense Winnipeg is there. Nashville is there. So you have these rivalries of sorts that have developed because of the playoffs, particularly, you know, particularly last year with Winnipeg and Nashville. So they're, they're at least in competition with each other. And you always have Boston. Toronto's kind of on the front. Toronto's mostly out of this because of the performance bonus issue with them, unfortunately. Um, they, they have to, they'd have to move – They'd have to almost move salary back, just because they have to pay Marner a bunch of money. There's so, I mean, their their performance bonuses it eats up their salary cap. It eats up pretty much three quarters of what they have left. So that makes it a problem for them to bring back a, a guy like Simmons for nothing. Um, but just by a rough estimate, I would say there's still about six to eight teams. Interested in Simmons and maybe as many as ten. Wow. Um, from from what what kind of returns are you kind of hearing that could be kicked back? Are they all similar? Or any any pr- any names specifically that could be coming this way, or is it mostly looking like picks and and low prospects? It's mo- it's mostly picks and low prospects right now. Usually, usually with a lot of the rumors, you won't get much in the way of a player it's very rare that a player slips out uh especially especially now this time of night i mean look we're you know we're basically floating that you know twas the night before the trade deadline (laughs) if if a player slips out now some some beat writer is getting a good remake from (laughs) from from a team and you know their next game scrum and i i've seen it kind of happen before in a, in a few cases where it's like, oop, that player was not uh, good. Good quick example of this: the Scott Gomez trade that never happened in New Jersey. There was there was a trade rumor that that Scott Gomez was going to be traded basically straight up for Tamu Solani. Wow! Oh wow! This was this was in two, this was in two that this was the year this remember this was the year that Philly pretty much beat New Jersey because Scott Niedermeyer tried to do everything in the playoffs. It didn't work. Um, that was unfortunately when Stevens had the, Stevens had the concussion that would eventually cause him to retire. Um, but that that trade deadline, Lou tried to get Tamu Solani for scoring punch. He would have been and a great fit. For Solani you said Solani in so many words said no. Oh my God! Thank God. But that, been a that nice second move. that second part in that was not relayed to media. So Gomez was held out of the game that night before before the trade deadline, 
and literally just sat there because for sure they thought it was being processed. The trade was never being processed. It was literally just a complete miscommunication. Wow. And he just sat he sat out that night and no one ever knew the wiser for a good long time until basically that summer. And that was because and Solani what, just said no. Mm-hmm. So so Solani held that trade up basically. Yep. Basically wow. said no. Well, he had he had the no, he had the no trade clause. Right. Wow. Um, wow, I can't see that kind of miscommunication or that. That won't happen nowadays. today. Yeah, that yeah. won't happen today. I mean, like, look for example. You know, Simmons has a tw- has a twelve t- has a twelve team list. That's not going to c- come into any kind of issue whatsoever. Well, it's like with us. Like, uh, Ghost got hurt doing a pregame warm up, and every- if Twitter blew up that he was traded. And got pulled off the ice and really yep. got hurt. Like, yeah, it, it, it's like that'll never happen nowadays. And be, people people in this sense should be thankful that social media, for as bad as social media can be, in these cases it can actually be pretty good, at least for the standpoint of, of, of media and press. We get something out fast enough that can clearly debunk a rumor or two. It's, it's always a good Good thing. I love it. I'm, I'm addicted to that. Yeah. You know, check <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 you know, it's like literally, I have the thing, you know, sitting there waiting. It's like, oh, the Twitter's, uh, Twitter's up. This one's up. Okay. Oh, the rumor. Oh, the. I'll just sit there and like search engine trade trade rumor. Yeah, it's a click, thing, man. And just watch it, just refresh, and it's like, oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Anything that catches my eye, hit pause. And, that's that's the one nice thing about the about good good old tweet deck that yeah. that still exists is that I can at least pause it, um, at least the Windows version. Thankfully, the <laughs> Mac version drives me nuts. I, I I've I've dealt with it. And no, I, I just can't I can't do it. Um, but it, in this case, look, I, I will say this: some of the crazier trade rumors from Philadelphia that I've heard in the past few days. <laughs> there's there's some that I just like. Oh my god, what are you people thinking? Um, so you're saying it, Shane Gosses Bear is definitely getting traded then? Oh jeez, the the, <laughs> the Gosses Bear one was classic. Um, I, I I had a good I had a good laugh at this. Now I I, I love that I love Bob McKenzie like the father I've never had. <laughs> But for him to sit there amusingly uh, in January and go, well, you know, hey, you know, if the price is right, you know, gossip bear could be moved. You know, mind you, he did this on a Montreal radio station because the rumor was to Montreal at the time. Oh so God. it made sense. I mean, analysts are not stupid. They are the furthest thing from it. If they can hype something, they are going to. Oh, yeah, especially and in Montreal. It makes perfect sense. I mean, Montreal is the center of all that is can be crazy, yeah. especially with trade rumors. I, I, I never could say you know that they lack they lack passion because the passion is clearly up at a level about fifteen on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. Um, are they right most of the time? Probably not, but at least there's there's a passion there. Um, you know, musingly enough, and this is this actually is where the some of the raffle uh, Michael Raffle rumors came from. 
later were later on in that radio interview um in it in a uniquely amusing way they're like oh well you know he could get probably a third or fourth round draft pick at this point um back in january back in january mind you now what that translates into now who knows because the market has corrected at least twice during this trade deadline Mm -hmm. uh the first was when ottawa traded duchene (laughs) and then when ottawa traded zingle obviously uh again again to columbus and the reason why it corrected is because Columbus realized, hey, we don't really have the parts to do this, but we have just enough if we move such and such part and go, hey, the 2020 second rounder looks better than the 2019 version. Will you yeah. take it? And it and it does actually because the 2020 draft looks pretty pretty deep uh, from first to third round, whereas this one, 2019 is still pretty good. It's just not. It's not as deep, and that's at this point. That's where you know teams are starting to look. They're think they're thinking a little bit outside the box, which bodes well for the Flyers as far Flyers return for certain players. You might look and go, "Oh, it's a twenty twenty second round pick." That's not so bad. That's that's arguably just as good at, at this point. Um, but I go as far as saying the 2021 third round pick that Columbus gave up in that Zingle deal was a was was a good idea for Ottawa to take. No, because yeah. <laughs> there's there's no way I can sit there and forecast two years out how the 2021 draft is going to to shape up. Yeah, that's a way there's there. a few guys that can, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, you might be able to. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'll get there. Just give me some time. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually, I was I was surprised that Zingle went to Columbus even after they, mostly because they just did a deal for Duchesne. But uh, I feel like Ottawa maybe could have got a little bit more for for a guy for a player like Zingle. I guess there wasn't really much out there. A couple things worked against him at least a little bit, and people may have realized. Well, all right, okay, he. 25 30 gold guy um those are you know those are those are something that you know it's a, it's a bit of a rare, rare rare well not rare but you know above average goal scorer okay he's on you know he's on pace for almost 30 uh he's 27 he's gonna be 27 that was one thing that actually kind of worked against him a little bit uh you know he's he's getting close to that you know ufa area yeah um, obviously, Columbus seems to like the idea of re-signing, and I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do um, going forward. It was it was amusing because the the last the last game he played last week, funny enough, last Monday, they pulled him in the third period. It really wasn't mentioned. It was very quiet, but he played like two shifts, and that was two, three shifts, and that was it. And they were short shifts, huh. so I kind of looked. I kind of looked back, and I was like, "Wait, a minute, he only played thirteen minutes huh. against Chicago." Like, hmm, okay. And I didn't see him much. Uh, the, the the perils of having NHL center ice. You watch way too much freaking hockey. Oh, I love it though. You, yeah, I love it, but you just you, you sit there and it's like, wow, I know way more than I should about certain <laughs> things, and it's like these are totally useless things that will never come in hand. Oh, well, sometimes 
does. I mean, they come in handy uh, right now. It it does, <laughs> and in this case, especially, you can kind of see like by the third period, he he, he was kind of lollygagging around. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, they're 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 considering moving him as, as well as Duchesne. The reason why the trade it took two trades was because, look, Ottawa thought they could probably get a little bit more for a guy like Zingle, and the reality is. Look, his possession numbers aren't good. His defense isn't that great. It, it's something that you know would have to be worked on and sheltered. And there's one place that was kind of perfect for him, and it was it was it was Columbus. Yeah. Simply because, well, Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski. So you have two guys right there, and you have David Savard even, who's a pretty solid stay-at-home guy in his own right. So you have guys that can at least shelter him along the way, and you have other guys that are extremely good at keeping possession of the puck so that Zingle doesn't have to play as much defense. You know, those are those are things that can be those are things that can be worked around at least. Um, and to be fair, look, you know, steady trajectory as far as ice time. He pl- he played probably a little bit more this year than maybe he should have. Maybe like a minute and a half, two minutes. He's probably like a sixteen minute a night guy, and he's playing almost eighteen. That's part of it too. And teams realize that it's like, hey, he's probably being overstretched a little bit utilization wise. We could probably get a little less for. Him. We, we could, you know, say instead of a first round pick, okay, we can get a second and a third. No, no, no problem with it, with that at all. Um. We won't have to retain salary because the salary is so low, so we don't have to worry about you know other ends and conditions in the deal. And that's basically what happened. They 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 Columbus lucked out. They really did. They got a guy. Look, is he going to shoot sixteen percent for his entire career? No, but could he shoot thirteen or fourteen percent? Yeah, and that's not that's not terrible. I mean, his shot. People forget his shots game have gone up steadily each year so it's not it's not as if like oh well okay you know he's shooting a shot and a half per game and that's why his shooting percentage is outrageous as it is no it's not the case actually he's up to about two and a third shots a game this year and that's that's at least half shot more a game than last year and a little bit more than the year before so it's not as if you know, he's sitting there at the same constant volume, the same constant chance volume where you're going, okay, we have an idea of what the player is. He's actually able to get his shot on net more. He's actually able to get in the slot more effectively than he had in his first couple seasons. And that's what Columbus was looking at. Like, hey, we need a guy that can shoot from the slot and hit the damn net on the power play. Which is something Columbus has not been able to figure out. What hmm. seems like for since Rick Nash left, um, we can that was how many too. years ago? Yeah, what was that? Twenty eleven or something? Yeah, else? I mean, Columbus ever since has pretty much gone steadily downhill, and obviously this is so bad that they had to bring Mark and St. Louis in as a power play consultant. The <laughs> <laughs> power play consultant. Yeah, I, I, I love those when they say, "Ooh, it's the offensive coordinator at the NHL." It's like. That worked totally. Um, CLA is another example of the the consultant working because Pierre Turgeon 
nice guy. You could get if you could get that roster to score on the power play. I'm nominating him for St. Hood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, things these guys do. Well, let me ask you: Were you surprised that um, Columbus decided to just go balls to the wall? Because it seems that their two moves is what really kicked off this uh, free uh, trade deadline uh, weekend, heading up until the deadline, the actual deadline. I was a little bit in the in the sense the way the way they did it. I figured you would see a kind of package deal with 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 Zingle and Duchesne. That seemed the most likely thing. They had room to get there. A lot of things made sense. There was a lot of chemistry with the two of them. Uh, I didn't expect it to happen in two separate legs, 24 hours apart, basically. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, But once they made the first move for Duchesne, I'm like, wow, they've just cornered the trade market. Wow, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out in a blaze of glory, this is the way to go. You you basically dictate the market how you want. You didn't give up the farm completely to get Duchesne. You now have a center that you can play either as your first line center or your second line center. You can play him with Panarin or you can play him with you know Josh Anderson and company and be just as fine either way where you bring in Zingle to play with them at times uh, on, on the first unit power play it depends it's still the that part's still a work in progress for Columbus they haven't quite figured out what they're going to do with, with, with Zingle he may be even playing on the third line at times uh, with, with Anderson and then on the power play with, with Duchesne but the fun part was when I did not think ultimately they would trade Panarin or Bobrovsky. I couldn't, as much as the rumors were out there, and there were a lot of credible ones too. Um, not the ones of Florida, no. Not uh, I was going to say, those no, ones are no. radical. It, for, for one, Florida has their own plan already, and there's, there's a few little nuggets in there that you kind of go, well, if this guy is rumored to be going, it makes no sense to be bringing in Panarin and Bobrovsky at the same time. Um, just it, it just didn't seem it didn't seem right. It didn't pass literally. It didn't pass sniff test. It really did not. So when I started looking back, it's like okay, Florida out. Who else could use? Bobrovsky and Panarin as a package deal. And there really wasn't anyone. Not Chicago, because by that time, there were rumblings that Crawford could be coming back before the end of the season. I, do, I still don't know if they're going to actually um, you know, play him. He's, he's, he's healthy right now. But I don't, know if they, I don't know if they risk it necessarily, given the last two seasons. Um, but uh, again... There was just there just wasn't a fit. I did find it amusing when they had you know when Bobrovsky fired they fired you know when you sit you sit there and Bobrovsky's like oh by the way you know my agent is now the agent with with, with um, you know Panarin as well and just like oh here we go you know the rumors are going to just fly out you know just like clockwork and sure enough they did and at that juncture the thought process was. They're staying. 
no matter what comes out, whatever credible or un- incredible rumors come out, he's staying. And so, you know, both both guys are staying. They're going to go for this. I, I thought in my head, I, I think they're actually going to try something crazy and go for this. And why not? They haven't advanced past the first round. Um, you have to try something different. Jolt the team, at least. I mean, Bobrovsky been playing like he was in a drunken Russian slumber for half the <laughs> season. And part of that was because of at least some nagging injuries and such. And part of that was just because, look, Columbus at home at times would just give up these chances where it was like, is this the Columbus Blue Jackets that I remember from last year? No. Wow, this is something else. Um, I mean, point blank chances that no goalie would have a chance on that you just go, huh? And it just it didn't make sense. And now as Columbus is starting to play better and obviously getting some help along the way, um, it, it never it never ceases to amaze me how some of these rumors even came about in the first place. But the important thing is this. I don't think Columbus is necessarily done, as, as nuts as this sounds. Um, are they still fielding some offers for pandering, quote-unquote? Yeah, they're just testing the market and, and, and nothing else. They may make one more death move tomorrow. Just to shore up a couple things. Are you thinking and, offensively or defensively? I got to think offensively. I, I, I think they're look. I as laughable as this sounds, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like claim Lee Stempniak off waivers just because Stempniak kind of has a bit of a power play presence. Huh. Uh, oh, that wow. would be like that would be like one of those like just real fringe depth moves that they can make. That you go, okay, well we block Boston. Good deal. Um, and we get a guy that, at the very least, could coach a power play if you really wanted him to. Um, more, more than, say, Martin St. Louis at this point. Because <laughs> it's, still, it's still, like I said, the whole consultant idea is still in the NHL. It makes me chuckle. It, it, it does. Because it, really, it doesn't really work unless you have the personnel. Now Columbus has better personnel on the power play, especially with, with – with Matthew Shane, and I do expect somewhat of a bump, at least, at least there. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you. Uh, you speak. You're speaking of depth. Do you think it's feasible that uh, like a, a raffle could, could go out there, or unlikely? Yeah, raffle could go to Columbus. Even I don't. I mean, I'm I'm looking. I'm looking at this now in the sense that you real. As I've said to people, it's like Philly has two picks in each of rounds three, six, and seven, so they have ten as a now. Yeah. So you think, all right, what could Philly fetch in the sense of, hmm, all right, well, we have this pick, we have this. Maybe Raffle gets a, a four Yeah. if he goes right. to Columbus. I mean, at this point, it, it's a division rival, too. So that yeah. kind of – you have to remember what Columbus has left, too. Remember, they do not have a lot. It, yeah. It's funny to look at this. I saw it last night. I for, I forget which which Columbus actually which Columbus beat writer had it. They only have a three and a four, I'm and then they have a bunch of sevens, obviously. Wow! So it's it's either going to be a third or a fourth. I They're not going to trade a twenty twenty for them. I don't think they will. If they if they do, it would be it would only be their fourth. 
because they don't have a second and a third in 2020 now because of of the deals that they've made. If, I guess if they're going to go all in, go all in. <laughs> they don't have yeah, much I mean, left. They're they're gonna they're gonna gut it out. It's gonna be it's gonna be probably a fourth. It's going to be either a fourth this year or next year uh, that that they would that they would at least move. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a team like San Jose. God, I love the I love the convenience of cap friendly. Uh, and people have no idea how how much fun I oh, have I with this. I love that site. Now, see, like the problem with like a San Jose is they might offer you a fifth in 2019, and maybe a very low level prospect. This is for Rafa to try and pry him away because they don't have a fourth, and I don't think San Jose is going to go as high as a third for, for even for his guy, guys versatile as Raffle can be for them. They have enough forwards; they're just they're just looking to fill a certain need at this point, and 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 little else. Yeah, um, oddly, oddly enough, they have they have a little bit of an issue as far as. Uh, some of their cap space being eaten up due to performance bonuses. Okay. Uh, that, um, they're 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 one point one under right now projected. So cap space. So current cap space is right at like five two five three. So yeah, so that's gonna be up, a bit of a problem. So if you eat up a million in the performance bonuses, they're base they're basically gambling gambling on the fact that Timo Meyer doesn't hit his performance goals uh, as far as goals for the year. Because so far he's gone such a slumber, uh, you know, from the goal standpoint, not assist, that they may be safe there. So they 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 can maybe pull the trigger on a, on a deal with, without being in cap hell. Okay. Um, but that's that's the kind of idea that you're looking at mid round, probably mid round pick, maybe low level low level prospect gets attached to it, uh, but nothing nothing more than that on raffle. Hey, if the Flyers could get that for Raffle, I think I think we'd be okay with that. What do you think, Jack? I would definitely take it. I mean, yeah, a fourth, I, yeah, I would take it if we could. If we have all those picks and we could try packaging him with a six just to get that third, I would try that too. But I'm not going to push my luck. I, I would be happy just to get something back at this point. For sure, for sure. Um, so a player we haven't mes- uh, mentioned yet is Radko Gudis. Have you heard anything uh, on the trade front there? Gudis is a weird case because you th- you would think at this point you would look you would hear a little bit more, mm-hmm. and yet nothing. Interesting. It's been dead quiet on 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 the Gudis front. Now that either means that Philly really likes him. Um, there, there was one little rumor about a week ago that I saw that linked him to Tampa Bay. Uh, it was at least a little bit amusing because, look, for what it's worth, and Rakugudis is a nice enough guy and all, but he kind of burned his bridges in Tampa Bay a little bit. And yet, for some strange reason, it's a little bit of a rumor that hasn't completely gone away. It kind of lingers. Sort of, sort of like the, the Ristolainen rumors just slowly have lingered over the past month, and now there's a distinct possibility that it, it, it could happen. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. Maybe Toronto looks last minute yeah. at a guy like Gudis. But again, the problem with Toronto is we mentioned it earlier in the show. 
Darren just as bad of cap straights as most any other of these top teams that are that are cash strapped. So you're thinking Toronto probably stays put from here on out, unless it's a, for a move like a. And I don't even think Glenn Denning might go from Detroit. I don't think they may be able to pry him there. It Toronto can't do much unless it involves something going back, and teams just kind of look at Toronto and go, "Yeah, we're we're not that stupid." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. It, it's kind of amusing. I, I look back and I, looking at some of the articles from, say, like January even, just to get an idea of some of the rumors that were floating around back then. Gudis would have probably fetched a, mid, a third wow. at that time. Maybe now that's even more. He's definitely that's playing kind of, well. Yeah, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the strange part with Gudis. I mean, yeah, I know he got suspended for you know two games and such. But for 15 months, Gudis had basically been a clean player. Uh-huh. And honestly, I don't think that two-game suspension was eh, based on some other hits that I've seen during the year. I've seen much worse that got less. Um, but the idea is, as a defenseman, Gudis has improved dramatically over the last year and a half. And it usually does not get the press that it should sometimes even in Philadelphia. Um, it's a little, little bit strange, but I mean, you, 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 look at, you look at his numbers and it's just like, oh, wow. I mean, people don't, people don't think about, of him as like this guy that generates these numbers. Now, granted, yeah, he plays 18 minutes a night, typically. Right around 18. And that's, kind of been his career if you it, it's funny you look at his numbers like on hockey reference it's like his four years in philly and his three years in in tampa they're almost identical except for obviously in philly he scored more he scored more goals particularly the last the first two years in philly yep. but, but he's a guy that really could have probably gone for something and i don't think philly's going to explore it any more than just kicking the tires on them and little else. Yeah, I, I think I'm okay with that because, uh, I mean, we bring up a lot around here that, you know, maybe the Flyers, uh, we, we talk about guys like Andy McDonald being the veteran presence, but uh, with a guy like Radko Gudis, who, who seemed to kind of turn his turn the way he plays around uh, and, and kind of transform his game, if you will, Maybe he could be that guy to, to kind of hang out with the younger guys for another year. Uh, or, and maybe they move him next year, you know? Yeah, they could, they could easily do that. I mean, that, that's the nice part with, with a guy like um, you know, Rako Gudis. He's, he's, he's just versatile enough uh-huh. that he can, give you that he can give you that 18 to 19 minutes. And the contract isn't terrible. No. So you, no. Have, him, you have him under it for another year. And you can wait to make a decision then instead of maybe making the decision too soon now, sending them somewhere, and then you don't have that control. And you look, look, you have two big, you have two big restrictor free agents, realistically, and Provorov and Sanheim, particularly Provorov, who's you could spend literally an hour talking about just the ups and downs of. There's so many numbers with Provorov that I could I could legitimately spend an hour just talking about. Um, but 
with Gudis, you know what you know what you're getting. You're getting a consistent game, and you're getting a player that has improved so much from his fir- from his first year in Philadelphia. That's like hmm, mentor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny uh, the Gudis thing. I, I would have traded Gudis going to last off season. I was furious with him. But yeah, everything you said is right. Like, and from what I've heard from the Flyers' perspective, is they're only going to trade them if they're blown away, and them being blown away is a first round pick. And if I see that trade go down, I will do backflips. I just don't <laughs> see it happening. Yeah, I think even like a high second would would be would be good at this point. But you'd probably get like a second and a low prospect for him. Because look, 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 again, like I said early in the show. Lovejoy for a mid-third round pick and, and Connor Carrick, who's arguably a better defenseman than Lovejoy. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the kind of trade you'd be looking at. That That's something I would take all day. But you probably want to up that a little bit just because, well, let's be honest, Goodis is only 28. So you're looking at in this sense of, hmm, well, he's only 28. I'd probably want a little bit more for him than, say, what Lovejoy fetched. Yeah, I'm gonna really have to be blown away if I if I'm Chuck Fletcher here. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm not, probably not going to be. So I'm content with you know keeping my guy here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I can't fault him if Gudis doesn't move. For me, it all comes down to Simmons and that return. Yeah, that's gonna you know if, the, if nobody moves but Simmons and the return for Simmons is good, I'll be fine. And th- that's why you know that's why I'm nervous <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, everybody's everybody is nervous with Simmons and has has a pretty good reason to be nervous. And it's not because it's not because of Philadelphia. It's more because of the external forces on on the trade market itself, where it's we're sitting here, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're still waiting. Oh my God, we 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 feel like we've been waiting since you know we'll be eighty four when the trade happens. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's unfortunately the nature of the beast, but also, especially the, the rumors that I keep seeing, and, and 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 Mark and I joke about this all the time. It's it's hilarious because you know people. The first thing we get asked, and and it's true. Since since I started writing for for my NHL trade rumors, was God four years ago. It just feels like, it feels like forty, um, <laughs> just because of all the rumors that we see. Oh, come the trade deadline. What do you guys do? You know, once the trade deadline passes and all the impact articles and stuff are done, well, what do you do? And it's like, I just laughed the one day. It's like, you know, the rumors don't die. <laughs> it's like the weather, man. There's always rumors. There's there's always rumors because what, what happens is okay. And best scenario, like say you know, say say God forbid the point oh 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 one percent chance that Simmons doesn't get traded tomorrow. Okay, maybe add a few more zeros onto that. But the idea is this, and, and I've seen this happen every so often, maybe one in every like 20 of these surefire deals um, where a player doesn't get traded for whatever reason. So something happens, a trade was there, set up another trade, and it, it just it just doesn't occur. Um, now, the, the fun thing is you know we're always again we're always asked well what the heck do we do you know say let's mark let's report a guy oh in march 
Oh, top 10 trade de- headline tar- you know, target targets that did not get traded. Okay, well, when when could they get traded? Oh, oh all right, NHL draft. Um, you could get traded during the quote-unquote interview window, which is always something that's I, another thing that makes me laugh a little bit because it's like, oh, you get the window shop, but you can't really say anything to anyone else but the person that you're window shopping with. Um, but a lot of the rumors just do not, they don't die. I was going to say, you guys mm-hmm. must have gotten killed with Tavares rumors last year. Uh, it, it actually it actually shut down the site <laughs> for half a day. I was going to say, I yep. not, had nothing to do with the trade deadline, and I'm sure that was a pl- that was plentiful. June, I think it was what, June 26th or 27th. It was right in the middle of the, um, the interview window when he visited Toronto. Shut the whole thing. I get up. I get a panic message at about like maybe eleven o'clock in the morning. Chris, site shut down. What happened? He's like, I went to post about the sixteenth John Tavares rumor of the morning because he's in Toronto, obviously. And he's like, I published it, and within five minutes, he's like, gone. <laughs> Like, can you get it back up? And he's like, they say no. <laughs> they're saying they're saying like five o'clock, four or five o'clock at the earliest. And I'm like, well, by then, by then, be, he'll be, he'll be out of town. Yeah. He'll be flying back to wherever, mm-hmm. you know, talk with his agent. And sure, sure enough, you know, it's like it comes back on. It's like, and he's like. He's like, you got to read all the comments just from people. It's like, well, where? The best one was, where did your site go? <laughs> <laughs> it's John because the com- the comment part of the site still worked just fine because it's run off a different it's run off a different platform. And he's like, we had to answer everything on Twitter for like about five six hours, which can be a little time consuming because you're, you know, turns comment after comment after comment. And it's like, okay, we've, we've, we've had enough. We are gassed over one hockey player. Seriously. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I get this is a significant free agent, but even I said to him jokingly, Oh, come on. I was like, we're not even at July 1st. And then obviously when July 1st hit and, and you know, and then you know, everything happened. The site almost shut down again. Wow, friggin' Tavares! But we were, but we were, you know, at least we were prepared for it. And it's crazy to think that, you know, obviously, look, Wayne Simmons is Wayne Simmons is going that going tomorrow. He's going. It, it's just, it's just like like you said before. It's a question of what kind of return is livable for the Flyers, and given the amount of teams that are still in it for Simmons and the fact that he's a plan B that can be pivoted to very quickly. Usually when these plan B's happen is when there is a quote unquote overpay. Cause the team that, that, originally does, that does bow well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's very true actually. So that, that kind of gets my hopes back up because I, I was kind of falling into the rumors where you know he's going to bring back just uh, some kind of prospect we haven't heard of in a second round pick, but what you said makes makes total sense because once a guy's like once a guy like Mark Stone goes and I'm sure he's got like three or four serious suitors for him, 
those other three guys are going to be like, okay, maybe, uh, you know, let's pay for Simmons. Now we got to do something to match what they did. Yeah, they, they have to at least, at that point, they have to do something. Yeah. And you, you never, the, the, those are the words to a trading GM's ears that are music. They really are. It's like, oh, now you're coming back. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That that sounds like that back. sounds like something I can I can sink my teeth into. Yeah, so the Flyers are in a pretty pretty good situation with Simmons, and I would say you know it's not it's not such a bad thing to be a Plan B when you have teams like Winnipeg, uh, Calgary, uh, Nashville, um, all all vying for Wayne Simmons. Let me ask you because the name's been thrown out, and I'm kind of shocked that the name has been thrown out for for Simmons. Um, have you seen anything in regards to Ely Tolvanen from Nashville? A little bit. Um, at, at first, when when this, you know, when when the rumors with Simmons got, I would say, really cranking about a month ago, um, that was one of the first names from Nashville that was immediately tossed out because Tolmanin's had a little bit of a sort of mixed bag of a season. Yeah. To be honest, it it, it hasn't been the greatest of adjustments for, for him. He's been good. He's been bad. He's been a little bit all over the place. Uh, but it's it's the trials and tribulations of de- of, of development. Mm-hmm. Just it's look for the lack of a better term. It's life. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, yeah, not everything's going to be perfect all the time. Yeah, we're, and, we're seeing it now with Carter right. Hart. Yeah, and, I, and I'd said to somebody, I was like, you have to expect this at least a little bit. Right. Um, and they're like, no, 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 it's going to be all good. It's going to be, and it will be. Don't worry. It's, it's, you know, you got, you got yourselves quite a good goalie there. But you're going to have, you know, you're going to have times where he overanalyzes things. Um, and Hart will get himself into trouble that way because he, he, he is a thinking man, cerebral goal, goalie. Uh, and when he's rolling, it, the, the mind is always going, which is good because he's able to file things under and he's also able to forget things pretty well. Um, a goalie always has to have that where they file certain things in and ship certain things out. But with Tolman in particular, yeah, that was kind of a non-starter than somebody said – you know, one person says this, and another writer says that, and magically his name comes back into trade rumors. He's not going anywhere. Totally. He, he's just, yeah, he's just not going to. They're, Milwaukee's having too bad of a season where they're just worried about developing. Their, Nashville's just worrying about developing their prospects, and that it, that's it. I mean, if you, well, if you look at – you look at Nashville – basically in the, in the way Milwaukee's set up they're not just bad <laughs> they're they, I mean I, I watched game with Cleveland for a little bit today even and the first thing I saw there, there is no defensive clue with their prospects and I'm like okay this is not this is not real good this is less than optimal um, but you know, Tolvanen's the kind of player you give him a you give him another year, and he probably eventually ends up sticking with Nashville at at some point. Yeah. Um, look, 
Milwaukee can't win in overtime. They give up goals all over the place. They literally are a team that is stacked with veterans and a few prospects and still can't do much. And that's that's why you go, okay, probably not probably not a guy that's going to be touched. Because they can won't, afford won't to get, let him develop. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, their roster's pretty stacked to where, I mean, everybody could use a guy like Wayne Simmons, but uh, to give up a player like Tolvin in form, I, I was a little bit shocked to see that come up. Uh, so I, I never really put much stock into it, but I, I just had to ask. Yeah, it's always something that I, I will sit there and say, especially with this, it is always good to ask the question as opposed to not asking the question. I want to have a guy like you on the show. Why the hell not? You know exactly. I mean, <laughs> you, you you never know. I've seen. I saw it last. I well, no, not even last year. The 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 best example that I, I and I can still remember this. Um, the Marion Hosa trade to Pittsburgh. Oh wow! Now this this one's fun. Originally, Montreal that year was dying to get their hands on Hosa. Like, just they were willing to do anything. So much so that they traded Cristobal Hue away to create cap space to get Hosa. I remember they that. had the trade to make the trade. Wasn't that when that was Carey Price's first season in Montreal? Was that correct? Yep, that was. That was that was the that was the beginning. He was having a side. decent year that year, I think, as well. And you know, that was a break. That was a breakout year for Montreal. Montreal figured they had they had a shot. They were going to take it. Uh-huh. They had the pe- They had the. They thought they had the pieces to make a deal to get Marion Hosta. The only problem was they had to get rid of the cap hit of UA to make it happen. Now, now the thing that people forget is actually it was actually his it was actually prices technically it was you know right in that wheelhouse of hmm well okay well what you know we we have this guy you know breakout goalie hmm what do we what do, you know what do we do and they they took the gamble they moved they moved they moved them and then. Two two thirty or two forty in the afternoon, it looked like a deal was going to take place, and Hosa was going to move to Montreal. And then for about ten fifteen minutes, it went dead quiet on Hosa, just completely quiet, like nothing. No, this was the infancy. This was the infancy of Twitter, too, mind you. I mean, literally, this was Twitter's like first, maybe first year. At 2.55, very suddenly, Bob McKenzie comes on on Twitter and, and on, on TSN's deadline show. The Pittsburgh Penguins have made a late push for the services of Marion Hosa. It looks like there could be a trade call very soon, and two minutes later, the trade happened. Wow. Could you imagine? Jeez, just like that. And, and from there on... Bob Gainey was done in Montreal. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. 
I mean, obviously, other unfortunate incident, you know, things happen with you know Bob, family, et cetera. But that was it. That that once once they did not land Marion Hosa, that was it. Because there was a deal on, like literally, it was right there, all, and it fell through because Pittsburgh swooped in. Sometimes you just gotta pull the trigger, man. Yeah, he has. He he who hesitates on the trade deadline ends up ends up dead. <laughs> it's it's that simple. I, I I've seen it. I've seen it too many times, and I would not be surprised if it happens tomorrow between these three teams that are are competing for one Markstone. One of them is going to blank, and it's going to cost them. If you had to rank those three teams, uh, you know, obviously number one, most likely to get Stone, uh, how would you rank them? It's it's got awful tough because it keep, yeah. the problem is the the last the last seven days I think I've changed it about five times. <laughs> I, I really have. I mean, I, I I've been looking at this probably ad nauseum. You know, I think even five o'clock this morning I was looking at something. I was reading a story from from overseas that. Sometimes you find your information. For example, Zuccarello trade was actually broken by a Norwegian blogger. Wow! At first, so, that's right. He's from Norway. So, that's right. Yeah, good old Nitmo. <laughs> um, I love Mister Nitmo. So, definitely a different dude, but he gets his information. Uh, but right now, honestly, I still I still keep thinking Winnipeg is going to somehow find a way here. I. I I don't know. There's not a rationale for it, but they they they've been in this for so long, and they have to go for it. They're they're in such a cat dire situation the next few years. This is a shot. This is their shot, without a doubt. Yeah, it, I they took a shot last year with Stastny. You know, ended up being a. It worked out while he was here, but he ended up leaving. I mean, let's say they do trade for Stone. Do you see? Because you know, there's a room. Like a lot of free agents and and guys that end up in Winnipeg end up leaving Winnipeg. That's true. Can you see him re-signing there? It's it's semi possible for a guy like him. Yeah. The re-sign in Winnipeg. I kept. I kept joking with people earlier in the year it's like i don't know why new jersey didn't sit there and kick travis ajak to winnipeg it's home i mean it was always our going joke that all our all our top free agents went home parisi etc niedemeyer etc <laughs> the idea um you know they all go home at, at, at some juncture but you think about this he's from winnipeg Send he's home. straight from Winnipeg proper. So it's not even like he's from a suburb of Winnipeg. He lives straight in Winnipeg. He played for the Wheat Kings. I mean, there, there, there's enough story to go around this that, you know, bring the, bring the, you know, home, bring the home kid home. He'd be a nice fit up there too, actually, now that you say he, that. He, he fits, day. he fits good up there. Yep. Uh, helps them immensely even one of the biggest issues that winnipeg has particularly in the last two months and it used to be something that would always haunt winnipeg is their is their spacing you can see it 
they cannot execute simple breakout passes because their spacing is is horrendous. I mean, you have guys practically not necessarily bumping into each other, but if you're going to whistle a 30-foot pass as opposed to a 60-foot pass, you're going to have a problem. And that's been happening more and more with them, and it's led to a lot of scoring chances against and a lot more goals that have gone past Connor Hellebuck and Laurent Persuas and company, literally because they're all discombobulated when it comes to simple things such as breakouts and even strength play. And that's the biggest asset that Mark Stone has is he's a play driver at five on five and he can absolutely shore up your defense as well as your offense at even strength. And look, this is, this is a guy that doesn't produce a tremendous amount on the power play up until say, honestly, you know, this year it has been a lot better. But that's because they were playing him with Duchesne more. And I, I think, honestly, if they had stuck with it a little longer, to, shoot, he'd probably have 20-plus points on the power play right now. Wow. But his his biggest asset, without a doubt, is his ability to change the dynamics five-on-five five for, for any team. He, he's extremely selective with his shot. He hits the net when he does shoot, which is important. And he doesn't get himself out of position, which is something a lot of Winnipeg forwards seem to do in in Winnipeg. And he's sort of like an on-ice tactician at at this stage of the game. And he probably could get guys like Shifley to listen, which is important here. And that's something that Winnipeg has lost. They had that, you know. They had everything kind of in in sort of a balance with, with with their passing, with their breakouts, and everything else. And since Christmas, that's gone completely completely away. Uh, Murat Ates, who's the the writer for the Athletic uh, for Winnipeg, I think has touched on this ad nauseum to the point where it's like we get it, uh-huh. we really get it. But he's done it in so many different ways that you go, hmm, it's creative in the way that you know, you're doing it. And wow, it's like they really need a guy like Mark Stone. It, it's, it, it's not just banging the drum slowly for a guy like him. They have, if they want to advance past the second round, they need a guy. They need a guy like Stone. There's no question about it. They have to change their five-on-five play because they're going to get absolutely roasted and dusted if they don't. So it sounds like, because I look at a guy like Mark Stone, and I haven't necessarily followed him as much as uh, a lot of people, uh, but he looks like a a 60-point-a-year player, which is nothing to sneeze at, but it sounds like he's a lot more valuable than just you know uh, looking at goals and assists. He brings a lot more to a team. Yeah. The biggest thing with, with this year, people forget that last year he was one of the he was one of the best players in the league before he got hurt. That's that's where that's where kind of the disconnect happens because they see oh he only played fifty eight games but he had sixty two points. Wow. Same pace this year. Big difference though. Puck started going in even more. He literally before he was about to be you know in his healthy scratch week. As, as, as we'll call it. 
Stones on, was on pace for 38 goals. And that's not a fluke. It really isn't. It's kind of the thing where it's like, okay, you know, certain plateau, certain plateau, certain plateau. And now it's gone up. Um, he is easily a 70 to 80 point player when healthy at, at this stage of the game. You match him up with a guy like Shifley, I would say that's probably pretty safe to say. That's that's it's it's. I mean, if he could do it with Deshane, yeah, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do it with with, with Shifley. And the nice the part about Stone is Stone can play that quasi center right wing role <coughs> if you needed him to. He doesn't. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to in Winnipeg, thankfully. Um, but he can do it if if necessary. Again, he's the type of player where his it's not the speed, and I say this to people, it's not its not the speed, it's the shiftiness and the accelerations that come from a player that can play a two-way game like Mark Stone that is so valuable. And there is not another player in this trade deadline that can provide that value like Stone. No, I agree. There's, there's, I would say that there's a pretty solid drop off between Mark Stone and uh, Wade, Wayne Simmons for sure. I mean, they both bring different different things to to a team, but as far as as skill, I, and I think Stone's uh, maybe three years younger than Wayne Simmons. Um, it's hard to hard to believe. I mean, Stone is twenty seven. He's a, you know he's approaching twenty seven. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that that's a big difference. I mean. So it's going to be whatever it is for Stone. It's going to be a pretty considerable deal, pretty uh, considerable package. Got to think. You got to think two firsts at least, yeah. In, in in some in some way, shape, or form. Wow, Ottawa's Which, making pretty, no, making I mean, pretty well. I, I'm just, I'm I'm more curious of the when this when this breaks, not the if, but the when. Yeah, something's definitely going down. <laughs> yeah, does it happen early or is this one of those? It happens at like one or two o'clock and it just sets the market into like this hour <laughs> or free fall where it's like oh god i might wait wait this tree break this tree am i done yet you oh, gotta cram it all in in two hours oh uh, so i the the one year when when nash when um the one year when wasn't nash i think it was gap when gabrick moved to columbus and there was one trade to like 155 huh. and then in the last hour there was like 15 trades in like an <laughs> in like an hour span and then there was like always those like two or three AHL trades that just get caught and they just kick them to like four o'clock mm. but and it was just literally like oh it's dead it's dead it's dead and then all of a sudden boom I'm, I'm sitting in a Roy Rogers down the Jersey Shore because it's like, oh, they have Wi-Fi there, and boom, and there it went. And you know, still a lot of minor trades mostly, but that Gabrick, that that one trade set it off. Gabrick was one of the top three trade bait guys at the time, and it it just, it's literally just like boom, and it's going to be like that. With, it's going to be like that with Stone, but not to the extent of that. It'll be just enough of a catalyst where if you see these guys move, yeah, they're gonna go right after the stalls, the Simmons. I mean, there's a possibility that stall could go sooner, 
but it's still tied. It's still at least tied in the stone in, in some way, shape, or form. If Stahl goes earlier, it's because they have an idea of where Stone is going to go more than anything. Chris. That, that's that's where it gets that's where it gets fun because it's like oh well maybe they know something and okay, all right so and usually they'll be like, like like last night with the with, with the with the two deals that happened almost right after each other you kind of had a feeling that one single went Zuccarello was going because Mur- Murphy's law dictated that basically for two and a half to three hours it was dead quiet nobody was reporting anything and then all of a sudden. Something going down. There was one rumor, one report, and then two trades. Chris, let me ask you a question. So, they, you know, yep. we've been talking a lot about the Flyers selling off. Um, yep. They've done pretty well. I think they're 13-3-1 in their last 17 games. I think that's right. Um, do you see them – have you heard anything about Chuck Fletcher being a buyer? And if so, has, has there been any names worth mentioning? He was a buyer up until about this past week. the Montreal game. Yeah. That was it. Uh, fairly or unfairly, would I have started Carter Hart a second game in a row knowing what I know now? No. Um, but that that being said, realistically, you figure you figure this. If they were four or five points out right now, they would be a hesitant buyer, at least, or at least somewhere where they can look and go, hmm, okay, you know, there's a couple spots we could pick at. We're, we're going to make a go of this. Seven points out, that's a bit much. Yeah. Especially when you the – only, the only thing I would say is this. If the amount of points needed, which we've – which you kind of project out to be about 94, 95 points at least for Philly. And the, and the reason why you even want to bump it maybe to 96 is if you look at the teams above them right now, their regulation and overtime wins are all at least about four or five above yeah, what tough. Philadelphia has right now. That's the real problem that the Flyers are uh, you know, suffering from. They only have 27 regulation and overtime wins. Yeah, that's pretty rough. That's a hard thing to catch up on this time of year, unfortunately. And Colorado's going to probably find that out in the West, too. They're in about the same position, and so is Minnesota. And if it wasn't for the fact that literally the West is so bad, they would have, they would be, they would probably be selling as well at this point, mm-hmm. uh, like Philadelphia. Um, but no, you're a, you're 100% right. Normal Under normal circumstances – with the kind of role that they're on, it would be worth it. Normally, you could take a shot at this, yep. or, or at least maybe buy one depth. You know, buy say one depth acquisition to make a further push. Uh, and that's kind of what I was going to ask you next because you you mentioned uh, Eric Stahl's name floating around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy that I would have liked to see here. Um, I think he's. I think this is the last year on his deal, anyway. Last year on the deal, very reasonable yeah. cap hit at three and a half million. Yeah, and he's kind of somebody I would. I would be interested to see if Fletcher would go back to Minnesota and uh, maybe bring him in to 
you know, bring along a guy like Nolan Patrick a little bit or, you know, add some leadership since a guy like Wayne Simmons is probably going to be moved. Um, it's, a, it's a young team. I think that he, you know, he, he would fit in well here. Uh, I was just wondering if, if there was any connection there or, or anything floating around at all. There's a little bit floating around, but I, but I think because of the two losses last week, yeah, it, it pretty. If they had won those games, I think I think it's a pretty darn good chance that it could have happened wow. because they they definitely kept in touch, and it's not like they haven't. And at least from a connection standpoint, there was there was a little bit something to to the rumors at least. Huh. Now, obviously, what. You know what's transpired, and the quote-unquote injury, the paper move, and other other fun fun things that have happened in Philly in the last few days. Um, you know, stealing the two points against Pittsburgh and the injuries that resulted to Pittsburgh. Normally, that'd be like that'd be another sign of hmm, maybe we could still go for this. But with Carolina the hop, and then Columbus now firing yeah. up to to make a run. Uh, you know, and you know Washington for the if Washington what it would have been interesting is if Washington had lost in regulation today, that would have that would have made things at least a little bit interesting because they you'd still be within ten points, and the way Washington has kind of played over the last fifteen twenty games at least defensively, you know you kind of think hmm, maybe that's the team that falls back enough, um, but now it's you know it's. You know, you're you're at you're at the old time where it's 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 getting late quick, yeah. and it's it's eleven. It's basically eleven fifty nine, and well, it, for for Philadelphia at least, it's you know it's time to at least sell. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. You know, they they struggled way too long. Uh, they 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 got their stuff together, but unfortunately, they couldn't afford to lose many games, and they're not. But um. They just so happened to lose to a team like Montreal and uh, and Pittsburgh, who just happened to be directly in front of them in the standings. You know, uh, losing the teams I think that you're chasing is, is kind of like a double loss because um, yeah. they they gain the two points obviously, and you you lose well you stay the same. So it's like a four point swing. Instead of gaining two, you, you know you're you're back behind by four. Um, so I, I guess you know we're, we're looking forward to. Oh, the most we can expect is a Simmons move. It's just a matter of uh, when Mark Stone goes, huh? It, 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 at least with Simmons, it, it should be once Stone, once Stone goes, teams that lost out on him go, hmm, okay, we need to pivot back, and then Simmons will probably go within an hour. Yeah, uh, that's usually that's usually how these Plan A Plan Bs work for the most part. It could take a little longer. It could be a little shorter. It could be minutes after. It could be something that literally is like right, right there on uh, on the uh, on the docket, and boom, they just make make the move then. All right. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's getting a little late here. We're we're going overtime. Um, thank you for coming on once again. I appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, if I can put you on the spot one more time before we hang up here, who does Wayne Simmons go to? I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going for this only because I, I think this is crazy enough to work. I know Nashville has said this and that, and whatever. Um, but I, I, I keep thinking it's between Nashville and Calgary. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Calgary. 
Wow. As the, as the last, as the last minute, and there sort of are a, a little bit of a left field on this, but yeah, Calgary is the type of team that could use a Simmons, especially against the San Jose in the playoffs. Hundred percent agree, and, and they'd be missing out on Mark Stone, obviously. Then so. Yeah, Simmons, is, that's their plan B, and I think he's a great fit up there. I think, Jack, you and I had mentioned earlier in the year that Simmons could be a fit up in Calgary, possibly in San Jose, um, so that kind of matches up with what, we, what we've been thinking for a good portion of the year. Yeah, when I wanted Dougie Hamilton, he was in one of my trade scenarios. I thought Calgary could have used him. Yeah, sure. there you go. Wouldn't that be ironic if he went up there? I'd like to see him up there with uh, Johnny Hockey, and they got a solid team. They're a fun team oh, to yeah. watch. Um, so yeah, we, we can uh, wrap up the HW Trade Deadline special. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, I'm your host, Angry Jim. Thanks, uh, thanks again to our guest, Chris Wassel of uh, My NHL Trade Rumors. Chris, do you have any plugs you want to get in before we uh, get off here? Uh, sure, obviously. Uh, come follow us tomorrow at MyNHLTradeRumors.com for all the trade deadline craziness and shenanigans. <laughs> and as, as always, of course, uh, you can... Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Chris Wassel DFS. Uh, there'll be a lot more uh, plugs and way on Twitter uh, of, of content that is upcoming this week. Awesome, awesome. Thanks again, Chris. Jack, what do you got going on, man? Well, first, Chris, I got to say, it's been a real pleasure. I can, I just like how you break everything down. You know, it's really easy to follow. I can just listen to you talk. Uh, on top of that, I had a, a show on Bro- uh, Brotherly Pod on Friday that was also a trade deadline show, so check that one out. That was with uh, Negative Dan. And, uh, yeah, look forward to me and Jimmy breaking uh, whatever happens with the trade deadline down probably on Thursday. And uh, I, hope we're, I hope we're not negative, uh, Jim. <laughs> I hope we have some ha- happy things to talk about for a change. Yeah, I, I'm going to second that. So um, before we get off, I'll, I'll be on uh, the Angry and Negative show. We're going to have our trade deadline special. Uh, that's with uh, Dan. And Thursday we have our HW radio uh, post-trade deadline show with uh, Philly Sports Network's own Jamie Basco. So we're really looking forward to that. Jamie's a great guy. Um, Chris, thanks again, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. It was great talking to you. And, and hopefully you can come on again. Maybe we could talk again soon. That sounds yeah, very uh, good. Free agent, free agent time would be perfect for him, huh? <laughs> yeah. Free agent time. It's the, it's the other time where I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there on a beach going, Oh, what's with all this news going on? But yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome, man. Maybe well, if the site goes down again, we can borrow you for a few hours. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Take care. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take it easy.